When I was 19 years old, I heard a man speak at my university, and he talked about letting go of the past. He talked about forgiving people, forgiving ourselves, forgiving circumstances. And he made this statement. He said, forgiveness is for the person who forgives, not for the person who is forgiven. And as a 19-year-old, I thought that was a novel idea, but that was about it. And 20 plus years later, I'm discovering that one of the real keys to success, to becoming the person that we were created to be, one of the keys is to completely let go of the past and pursue a future that's worth living. So here's the big question. How do everyday people like us who didn't grow up wealthy and were not taught how to be wealthy in school, how are we supposed to learn to think, invest, and grow wealth like the top 1% without compromising our ethics and our values? My name is Jeremy Whaley. That was my big question. This podcast will give you the answers. You're listening to Think Rich Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Think Rich Radio. I am your host, Jeremy Whaley, and it's fantastic to have you joining me for another episode that I know is going to challenge you on so many fronts. It's been challenging me as I've been getting prepared for it, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk about resentment and how it kills your success. Uh, Yes, we are going to get back to Think and Grow Rich. I've got several episodes coming up regarding that, but I... um, I had an interesting encounter about a week and a half, two weeks ago, and as I was you know, thinking about it and talking with my wife about it, she said, you really need to do a podcast on this, and the truth is I kind of don't want to because it's a little bit personal, and it's challenged me to really dig deep and to think about you know, how do I wish to proceed on some things, and even though I don't like to do this kind of stuff because it requires me to be so transparent and vulnerable and it feels exposing. And I don't like that. That's not who I am. But, you know, the truth is this this podcast is about transparency and being real. And I think it's part of the journey that everybody has to go through because, you know, the reality is money just comes and goes. But the process of acquiring wealth, the process of success and all the things that we talk about on this podcast it's really about the person that you become on the inside that's why we deal so much with mindset and the truth is the subject we're going to talk about today is something that a lot of people have to deal with all of us i think have to deal with it and i'm just choosing to deal with it in a public manner so uh hopefully it helps you deal with some stuff in your own life. Uh, before we get there, I want to thank all of you for helping me so much get the word out for the podcast. You know, we haven't done anything to promote this thing. I've emailed a few of you, and we've shared it as much as we can on Facebook. But if any of you really know me, you know I'm a horrible social networker. And so it's really because of you guys. And we hit a major milestone just yesterday. We crossed over 5,000 downloads. And so that's because of you guys, and that's exciting. It's really exciting. I think Uh, at least according to a statistic I heard, less than 10% of podcasts ever get to 3,500 downloads. And we've blown right past that, and we're on our way to 10,000 and beyond. And that's all because of you guys. So thank you so much for helping me with that. And of course, if you're not subscribed, then get yourself subscribed over on Apple Podcasts or Google, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen. And if you haven't joined my mailing list, I'd really appreciate it if you go over to jeremywhaley.com and sign up for the seven breakthroughs that have changed my life just a little video series for you, but it'll put you on my mailing list so that I can stay in touch with you 
and uh, let you know when all the great new stuff is coming out, including every episode of this great podcast. So have you ever had one of those people that just knows how to punch your buttons? You could be having the greatest day in the world. This person shows up, says one thing, and before you know it, your whole day's ruined. And you're grumpy and complaining. And this person just punches every one of your buttons. Do you have someone like that in your life? Or have you ever known someone like that? Maybe it's a spouse or a friend or a business partner or a co-worker. They come in all shapes and sizes, let's be honest. I think most of us have probably experienced that before. And, uh, you know, the problem with these people is they happen to show up at the worst times. They show up exactly when you don't need them to show up. And they just throw absolute havoc into your life. And this happened to me almost two weeks ago with a person that I used to be very close to several years ago. And... You know, as our relationship evolved, uh, we just started to have enough history between us that we started to drive each other crazy. And for the most part, I've cut this person out of my life and I don't have to deal with him. But every once in a while, he shows up and it's just like a wrecking ball. I mean, out of nowhere, my perfectly great, zen, happy, peaceful life is turned upside down. And this happened to me just a couple of weeks ago, and I lost an entire day over it. Literally an entire day. It happened in the early evening, and the rest of my night was ruined. I had horrible sleep the next day. It took me almost the entire day just to get rebalanced and get grounded. And as I reflect upon it, it was really stupid. The event that triggered was extremely stupid. But it doesn't matter how ridiculous the trigger event was, it triggered, and the reality is it's been almost two weeks and it still bothers me. Now, I got over it, I got my energy back, and I got rebalanced, but for the last two weeks, I've been trying to put this out of my mind like it didn't exist, and I think that's why I need to do this podcast today. As much as anything, I think this episode is for me. It's hard to admit that, but it's the truth. This is for all of us because we all deal with it. And so today we're going to talk about why resentment will kill our success. Why do we even let these people bother us? I mean, why do they upset us so much? How did they get so much power to be able to do something trivial and it can ruin an entire day? Well, the answer is it's us. I mean, we're the problem. We're the problem with ourselves here because our brains are designed this way. Our brains are little association-making machines. Everything that happens in our life is creating a new neuro connection inside the brain. And so from the time we were children, I mean, from the time we were in the womb, our brain has been making more connections. And when we engage with somebody, our brain creates associations to that person. And so every event that happens is all getting tied together there and it starts to create anchors. Now, if you're not familiar with that term anchor, just imagine a time when maybe you were in love for the first time and there was music playing as you, you know, kiss somebody for the first time. And that song, if it comes on today, where does it take you? It takes you right back to that moment. For me, it was 
pretty much everything that Chicago did in the late 1980s and early 1990s. It takes me right back to when I was 13 years old and I was starting to like girls and all that great stuff. And all I have to do is hear a song and I'm right back there at 13 years old. Well, that's an anchor. And what an anchor does is it triggers these different events and these different associations of our life. And the more that we experience something around that anchor, the stronger the anchor gets. And so when we're dealing with people, the way this works is those people become anchors and your entire relationship with them starts to get anchored to maybe behaviors that they do or maybe music outside external things could do it. But usually it's behaviors and it's the experiences you've had with them. And then, you know, one day before you know it, they may do something that seems to be irrelevant. It may kind of be stupid even, you know, it's like not that important, but before you know it, it just triggered everything. And all of the bad emotions tied to that relationship, suddenly you are reliving all in that one moment. And before you know it, almost as fast as you can snap your, your fingers, the whole relationship has turned upside down. And the passionate lovers are suddenly bitter partisans fighting over every detail. The team members who were working so hard towards a common goal are now rooting for the other person to fail. The business partners that had built something so strong together are now screaming, I can do it without you. And these relationships get broken and you sit on the other side of it and you say, what just happened? Because you see the trigger only takes a moment. It only takes a moment for the trigger. But the subconscious mind instantly relives decades of resentment. And in that very moment, we experience the entirety of the weight of all of the emotions. And that's why it can knock a person sideways so quickly. So here's something I've learned. Resentment is for you. It's for me. Resentment is for the person who's holding the resentment. No one else can benefit from resentment except for the person who's holding on to the resentment. In other words, it's self-sabotage. We like to hang on to it because it gives us this feeling of power. It makes us feel like we're in control. The person who violated us, the person that we're holding it against, they can't control that emotion in us. And so it's the little bit of power we still have. It's our ego. It's saying, hey, I have control. And there's even a logical reason for it. If you remember back to episode 19, I talked about the six human needs. We have the need for certainty and significance and uncertainty and the need for love and connection and growth and contribution. And we talked about in that episode how even if it's dysfunctional, we'll do things to meet those needs. Well, resentment meets those needs. If you're resenting somebody, how certain are you that you can hold on to it? And the answer is it's a 10. Like I have absolute certainty. If I'm resenting somebody for this, I have total control of this situation. I can resent all I want at a level 10. Absolute certainty. I feel significant. Hey, whenever I'm resenting you, when I'm holding this thing against somebody, I have all the power. I have all the control. I'm significant. I have no idea how you're going to react. So there's some uncertainty in there. I'm connected with myself. I'm connected with the imaginary conversation that we might be having. 
Folks, the reason we resent people is because it meets our needs off the chart. I mean, a level 10 out of 10. And if you remember that conversation about the six human needs, anytime three or more needs are met, it can become an addiction. In other words, we are addicted to the chemical that our brain releases when we resent somebody. That's why we do it. The reason we sabotage ourselves with resentment is because it's an addiction. And it makes us feel good in the moment. It gives us total control. And guess what? We have the freedom to do it. We have absolute freedom to resent somebody. But the irony is it costs us. It costs us our freedom. It costs us our freedom to become the person that we're supposed to be. I had a fascinating encounter with a girl not too long ago. Her name is Jess. And Jess has just a horrific history. She was sold into human trafficking at a relatively young age in her late teens. And she had a daughter born in trafficking. And now that she's out of it, she's trying to put the pieces of her life back together. And so we were engaging and we were talking and I was trying to help her as best I could. But Jess was recounting the circumstances and recounting the stories and she said to me i will never forgive these people until justice is served well the problem is justice may never be served and that's not in her control there's nothing she can do to make justice happen and even though she's reported it to the authorities the authorities aren't taking action and you can imagine how painful this is for somebody who's a victim And so I was engaging with Jess, and I told her, I said, Jess, until you forgive these people, you can't move on. And she literally said these words to me. She said, I will die before I will forgive these people. And I assure you, she will die before she forgives them, because if she chooses to hold on to that resentment, there's no way she can ever live a life of freedom. We all have the right to resent. We all have the freedom to resent. And in the same way, we all have the choice to forgive. But why would I do that? Why would I forgive someone? If I forgive them, they win. That's what Jess told me. She said, if I forgive them, they win. They violated her. They don't deserve the forgiveness. Whenever people offend us, they violate us. They don't deserve forgiveness. But here's the question. How much is it costing you? Huh? Costing? What do you mean? There's a cost to everything. There's a cost to everything. I tell business owners that I coach with, whenever they have an employee, they need to let go. I say, how much is that employee costing you? Oh, she's only $40,000. No, she's costing you all the work that's not getting done, plus the $40,000. A spouse says, I want to cheat on my partner. You say, okay, you can do that. Go cheat all you want to, but it's going to cost you. Well, what's it going to cost? It's going to cost you an intimacy with your partner. And so there's a cost to everything. We can choose to not forgive, but at what cost? In my case, it cost me about 22 hours. 22 hours. 22 hours of my life that I'm never going to get back. A couple of weeks ago, this individual triggered me. It was late in the day. 
The rest of the evening, I lost that whole entire evening. I didn't have good interactions with my kids. I wasn't able to get any work done. I fell asleep that night. I was upset. I woke up. I was still upset. And halfway through my morning, I realized I am still upset about what happened the night before. I had to go into a quiet place, and it, it took me a couple of hours to get it out of my system and to just reset. It threw me totally off balance. It cost me 22 hours of peace. It cost me 22 hours of productivity. I figure if I charge $500 an hour for my services, it cost me $11,000. That's how much my resentment towards this person cost me when he triggered me. Jess has decided that her resentment is worth her life. She said, I will die before I forgive. It's worth her life. That's what it's costing her. When we refuse to forgive so that we can have control, so that we can feel like we are going to win, so we can feel like we're in control, in reality, we're letting the other person live rent-free in our mind. They're staying in our mind. You have to hold on to that. You have to work to think about the other person. You have to work to think about the violation. You have to work to think about the thing that you're not forgiving. So here's the question. What is your mind worth? What is your mind worth? That's what it's costing you. A lot of financially wealthy people are full of resentment. A lot of financially poor people are full of resentment. It happens both ways. It's not really an issue of money. But I can tell you this, if you're presently poor, if you're presently broke financially, there's no way to elevate out of that financial state if you haven't let go of the emotional weight of resentment. There's no way to do it. So if you're fighting, if you're trying to break out of the pattern of financial poverty, you've got to get rid of all the resentment because what the resentment does is it brings pure negative energy into your life. And it's impossible to overcome it. Somebody once said to me, it's impossible to manifest abundance when you're living in survival. And I'm going to take that a step further and say, it's impossible to break the patterns of poverty if you're living in resentment. It's impossible because that negative energy that has to live with resentment, when you hold on to that resentment, you bring all of that history into this present moment. And as long as you're holding on to it in this present moment, all that negative energy must live. Therefore, it's impossible to break out. So if you want to break out, you have to let go. You're not forgiving for the other person. You're forgiving for you. The choice is to not forgive or the choice is to forgive. But it's not about the other person. It's not a gift. You're not giving them a gift to forgive. You're giving you a gift. When we forgive, we let go. So now the energy can flow, the energy that we want. Because resentment is costing you emotionally. Ultimately, it's costing you financially. When we hold on, we bring all of those past emotions into this present moment and with it, all of the negative energy 
and with it we relive it like it's happening right now but when we forgive we let the past go we let the past go back to the past where it belongs and it's over if we want someone to stop hurting us we have to forgive not for them but for us otherwise we are the ones who are hurting us we hurt ourselves if the event's over then it's over let it go how many times do you want to relive the thing but that's what we do we keep reliving it over and over as if the things that happen in the past define our future but here's the reality the past does not define your future the past is not the future let it go now so that we can move towards the future the future that we were created to live So this is all nice and peachy and rosy, but how do you do it? How do you just let go? You wave a magic wand and it's over? Well, if you're that magical, then sure, do that. But I've discovered a few techniques. Thought I'd share a couple of them with you. Maybe they'll help you in some way. Uh, one of the techniques is what we call effective blaming. And I actually did this a couple of episodes ago, uh, the Thanksgiving episode. I didn't intend to do it, but as I was thinking about the episode and how I wanted to start it, I said to myself, who do I want to be thankful for? And I realized I wanted to be thankful for everybody who had told me I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do in my life. And I went on a little rant and I said all the things that came out of that that were good. That's effective blaming. Effective blaming is when you look at the people who've wronged you and you say, okay, you wronged me, but if you hadn't wronged me, then these qualities of my life could not have existed. And so if you're going to blame them for screwing up your life, you've also got to blame them for helping you become who you are. Maybe you're a stronger person today. Maybe you've been able to accomplish things because of the strength that you were able to dig deep and discover inside of you because of what these people did to you in the past. Or maybe you haven't identified the good yet. That's a place to start. Find the good. If you're going to forgive them and if you're going to let go, you've got to find good in the circumstance. And you may say, well, there's absolutely no good. There's nothing good here. This was horrible. I would rather die than forgive them. Well, you can do that. But, you know, once you're gone, you're gone. And it's pretty terminal. So why don't we find something that's productive? What could you be grateful for? What strength have you grown out of this? Maybe it's the strength to survive. Maybe now that you've experienced this event, this trauma in your life, you realize I can survive anything. Look at what I experienced that was awful and I'm on the other side of it and I'm okay now. That event, while it was horrible, made you strong. If you hadn't gone through that, you couldn't be the strong person that you are today. So if you're going to blame the event for all the horrible things in your life, you have to also blame it for the strength that it brought you. That's effective blaming. Another effective process comes from the Hawaiian tradition of Ho'oponopono. And I really don't know how this works, to be honest, but it works. And it works really well. In fact, you know, full transparency here, as I was making my notes for this episode, this was really hard. This is a really hard episode for me to do. I've made more notes for this episode than probably any episode I've ever done. 
And as I got ready to record it, I had to stop. And I actually spent almost two hours working through some of this stuff right here so that I could get myself grounded enough to record this episode. And this process right here, the whole Ho'oponopono that I'm going to share with you, I just did this. And, you know, the stuff that's been bugging me for a couple of weeks, I feel like I really released it. So this stuff does work. I learned some of this from a book called The Emotion Code by a guy named Bradley Nelson. And the way Ho'oponopono works is you think about the person or the event and you start with, I love you. So you think about the person and you visualize it and you say, I love you. Now, you don't feel like love. I mean, come on, we've been resenting this person. We've been resenting this thing that happened. We don't feel like love. But we start with, I love you. And then the next thing you say is, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And say it as many times as you need to. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And as you practice your Ho'oponopono, you'll start to discover that the energy starts to clear out. And as you keep a clear intention of what you're working towards, the thing, the person, the event, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, the energy starts to transform. And when you're ready, you can release it. Now, here's another thing that I found. I found that so often when resentment is building up, Underneath all the resentment is actually a deeper resentment towards yourself, towards myself, towards oneself. And so I find that usually in this process, I really have to forgive myself. And the same process works. Accepting yourself. Ho'oponopono. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And effective blaming. You know, we blame ourselves for all the crap in our lives. But it's also just as valuable and valid to blame ourselves for all the good stuff in our life. Because the truth is, you're an amazing person. We're all amazing people that have done amazing things, but we don't give ourselves credit. We just blame ourselves for all the wrong things. Blame yourself effectively. If you're going to blame yourself, give yourself effective blaming for all the great things that are also true in your life. Keith Cunningham gave me a challenge one time. He put it in my head. He said, can you imagine anything worse than walking into a bar and meeting the person you could have become? Walk into a bar. You meet a stranger. You get to talking. You realize there's something familiar. You have the same dreams, the same desires, the same goals, the same aspirations. But this person has lived all of those dreams and desires and goals and aspirations times a factor of 10. Everything you've ever wanted, this person has experienced it. And you realize in this familiarity that you're talking to yourself, an alternate version of yourself, you're talking to the person you could have become. Can you imagine anything more devastating to get to the end of your life, walk into a bar, and meet the person you could have become? I hope if that ever happens to me, If that day comes, I hope I meet a complete loser. Because if I meet a complete loser, then I'll realize I became the better version of myself. And I can look in the mirror, and I can know that I did everything in my power to let go of the past and to become everything I was created to be. The best me possible.
folks, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope it helped you in some way. And if it did, uh, please share it. Send it to some friends and family members or neighbors or, you know, your worst enemies. The people that you need to forgive, go ahead and send them this episode and say, hey, I've forgiven you. You should forgive me. And maybe we can all be friends once again. Uh, Seriously, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, what are you thinking? Go to Apple Podcasts, get yourself subscribed, or Google, or Stitcher, or Alexa, or wherever it is that you like to listen to podcasts. Get yourself subscribed. And if you're not on my mailing list, come on, what are you thinking? Go to jeremywhaley.com, put yourself on my mailing list so I can send you all of the updates of what's going on. In the next episode, we're going to be back to Think and Grow Rich. We're going to be talking about persistence, a very important and valuable characteristic that everybody who's super successful has learned to develop. You're not going to want to miss it, so get yourself subscribed. And until next time, remember you were created to live an extraordinary life, so embrace it, take it to heart, go do it, be extraordinary.